Hey, fellow freelance writer, what is up? It's Dallas. Welcome back to the Freelance Writing Podcast. Um, in the first podcast, two podcast episodes, actually, I talked about my own personal journey and how it is that I was able to get high paying clients to come to me um, without me pitching and sending out pitches all day. And I taught step by step how it is that you can do that too in the first two episodes. But one thing I actually forgot to mention after I started getting high paying clients. Uh, obviously, I achieved something that I wanted to achieve, but what I forgot to include in that story is the transformation that I had undergone. And so I think that's important to touch on briefly in this episode. And then from there for, uh, you know, a segue into what this episode is really about. Um, and what this episode is really about is a lot of people feel internally that they can't get high paying clients as a freelance writer because of who they are and their skill set, their ability. Okay, a lot of people, this is one of the things I hate the most about freelance writing. They say, oh, my portfolio, my portfolio. I have people say, you want to get high paying clients, have a good portfolio or master your craft. And, you know, truthfully, the way you write, how good of a writer you are, how good your portfolio is, it has nothing to do with getting high paying clients. Um, Getting high paying clients, you know, even with the methods I suggest, it has nothing to do with being a good salesman or a good marketer. You know, you don't really have to have a high degree of ability to get high paying clients as a freelance writer. And I'm going to explain how in this episode, like I said, I want to begin with some of the transformations that I experienced and segue into a story to kind of explain it. Um, When I first started getting high paying clients, you know, when you don't have high paying clients, money is at the top of your mind. You want to get free from your job. You want to you want to, you know, be able to explore the world. You want to get paid from something you're passionate about. All these things are spinning in your mind. But the minute you get your first sale, it's funny because, you know, Russell Brunson and he's one of the guys I look up to the most and talk about, you know, talk, you know, listen to the most in podcasts. So, I talk about him the most in my own content and material, which is this podcast. And um, he says you hit a point in your career where you meet like your your own needs in life are satiated to the point where it no longer matters to you. It's, it's no longer something you obsess about. You go from growth to contribution. You now only want to see other people grow. And so I touched on it a little bit in the first two podcast episodes. Immediately when I first getting started getting sales for free, and I'm going to do it again on this podcast episode, so subscribe and listen along. I started helping other people get sa- for free, get sales as a freelance writer. And I got had multiple people you know, get their first big clients uh, to go to school or to you know handle whatever situation that they wanted to handle. Um, so one of the major changes that happened to me was that immediately I really stopped caring about getting high paying clients, which is why I stopped like almost immediately after that, stopped freelance writing and started to find ways in which I can improve the, you know, the experience for the end customer. Um, but immediately I stopped thinking about my own personal growth and my own personal, you know, money that I can get from it. And I started to dive deep and okay, how can I actually help my customers? The entire meaning of what it is that we do as freelance writers became apparent. Um, we really change generations. Like we really change people's lives. Um, and that's the reason that we're hired as freelance writers because the entrepreneurs or the person who want to write a story, you know, that hire us, they know the impact that a story can have on the world and on their audience. Like it could literally change people forever. Um, there's a quote, you know, from obviously the greatest, one of the greatest entrepreneurs, if not the greatest entrepreneur of all time, Steve Jobs about this. He says, the most powerful person in the world is the storyteller. The storyteller sets the vision, values, and agenda of an entire generation that is to come. And the reason he says that is because all of human experience, you know, our greatest motivation and our motivations are documented by something called the, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But all of our motivation 
in essence, when we are healthy and well, is defined by an increase in status. We want to, you know, as a human, our entire experience can be summed up as we want a status increase. You know, um, a lot of people think that we're logical creatures and we do things logically, but but really it is just about status. Like, you know, there's no logic in wanting a expensive Louis Vuitton backpack versus a Jansport. But people spend $2,000 on a you know Louis Vuitton backpack when it has no greater function than a Jansport. It really is all about status. You know, Ferrari, if you want a Ferrari, it doesn't really do anything different than a regular car. You'll get to the, you know, wherever you're going in the same amount of time, you know, because there are traffic laws, there are speed limits and things like that. You know, here in LA, there's tons of traffic. It's going to take you an hour to get where you're going, regardless of what your car is. Um, and so, this may seem like a little technical episode, a little explainy, but uh, I, I do want to explain that we're we are motivated by status, and the reason storytelling is impactful. This is what I learned, like literally after getting to sales, I stopped worrying about sales and started worrying about the world and customers. I unlocked a different level of empathy through my journey and started working for people rather than working for self gain. Um, and you'll experience this too if you haven't already. Um, one of the ideas that you come across is that you know storytelling is important, and it's important because the stories that we consume really define who it is we go on to become. You know, and the reason is, like I said, we're motivated by status, and status is largely emotion. And story is the device we use in the world to elicit emotion. Okay, story controls people because they want status, and story defines the limits of status, which in each, you know, in each opportunity that we go on to pursue. Okay. In a nutshell. And so this is kind of like, uh, you know, to, to progress further into the episode, what I'm talking about, uh, again, just to reiterate is, you know, why your ability as a writer doesn't really matter as much. You know, your ability as a writer doesn't matter. So you don't have to feel like, Oh, I can't get high paying clients because I'm not a good writer. Um, you know, or, or I'm not a good marketer, I'm not a good salesman, because at the end of the day, it's not really about that. The value that you provide to your customers is not about that. I'm going to explain it with a story here. So it starts for me, well, the height of the story really is like, I'm on one of the most important calls, you know, the second most important call of my life with this guy. He lives in Palm Palm Beach, I think it is Palm Beach, Florida, multimillionaire, uh, probably makes a couple million every year. Uh, he, he runs the wealth account on uh, Instagram. His name is John Adams. Um, and he has billionaire clients and everything. And long story short, I got on this phone call with him to sell him on my free, freelance writing services. Um, and so I'm on that phone call. But, you know, that phone call is followed by the most, like, like, I think, an even more important phone call. The second, you know, that's the second most important phone call in my life. But the phone call that followed was probably the most important phone call of my life. And I'm going to tell you how we even led it to this situation. It's actually a really, really fascinating story. Why do I get people on the phone before I sell them all these different types of things? And so if you go back and rewind a little bit, you know, um, the summer of 2019, uh, which which led up to this event that I'm explaining to you and everything that followed. um, Man, I was working at the night shift at Target. And, you know, which that phone call and the one that followed, these are the two phone calls that led up to my first four-figure client, by the way. I'm going to explain to you the tactics and strategies I used, I used on the phone and everything. It's insane. And why being a good writer didn't count in that situation. I've never had somebody ask for my portfolio or, or see a writing sample or anything like that. I've never, I've only talked to people on the phone and they've paid me that same phone call without ever seeing a sample or anything like that. Because those things don't matter. And I'm, I don't have any experience as a salesman. I don't have any like extra marketing experience in a marketing company or anything like that. I'm going to tell you how it happened. Um, 
you know, back in the summer of 2019, as I was, I was working Target at the night shift. Um, and you know how, like, you know, if you work a regular job, when you get a day off, you do everything possible in that day off so that you don't have to go back to your job. And, you know, I was like that a lot of the times. And, um, not only that, but even when I was supposed to work, I work at 4 a.m. in the morning. A lot of times I was just like, I called out probably 30 times in my last few months working at the Target because, you know, I would call out because I thought I was so close to making a lot of money and never having to go back and living the life that I want. I don't really recall, like, it must have been a marketing product or something at the time, but I don't remember exactly what I was selling at the time or trying to sell. But long story short, I was trying to sell it through something called a webinar. Essentially, what a webinar is, is a presentation that you do. It's a sales presentation that you do on the Internet. That's why it's called a webinar. You know, it's like a seminar, but on the web, you know. And so I was trying to do the sales presentation on the webinar, I mean, on the Internet uh, every single night to sell the products that I had thought up at the time to sell that I was trying to build a business around. And the reason I was trying to do this so-called webinar was because, you know, Russell Brunson, like I said, the person I look up to, you know, billion dollar company and click funnels, $150 million every single month on a dot and maybe more even nowadays. One of the ways he built his company was through these things called webinars. Uh, you see webinars probably, it's a sales and marketing tactic. You see them probably going down your timeline every single day. Um, when people say free training, that's a webinar. Essentially what they do is they get you on the free training and they explain to you, like they, they, they sell you, you know, uh, through through a system stories because that's how we define what's going to give us an increase in status. I know this is like a hardy episode, but I'm going to break it down for you. Uh, they sell you on a product that they introduce to you at the end of the presentation. Um, it's like a sales call. When you get somebody on a sales call, you sell somebody on the product. You know, that's just, you know, uh, a, a presentation. It's a different form of selling through a presentation and then they pitch you on the product at the end. And so, and I wanted to do a webinar because ClickFunnels, this billion-dollar company, was really a majority of it was built straight through webinar only. Russell Brunson always says, I mean, if he wanted to sell a product very fast, if he lost everything, if he wanted to become a millionaire overnight, he would go to a webinar. He would do these sales presentations on the, on the Internet because you could get 1,000, 10,000 people on this presentation and sell even just 10% of them, and you'd have 1,000 sales right then and there. I mean, the hard part is getting people on the presentation, but I was hustling this summer, okay? So every night... You know, I would go to like I would wait to 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the night. So my parents and brothers and things like that would go to bed because I was embarrassed to actually speak on camera. And I would even record my webinar, you know, following the script that he laid out in his book, in his podcast. So it's, as I understood it at the time, I would do a sales presentation. I would do a webinar every single night. And I would drop, you know, I would do this webinar. I remember starting probably 12, 1 o'clock, and I would do it for so many hours. And I would go absolutely bananas on this webinar. I would, I would, I would, you know, describe the product that I was going to sell them at the end and give the best and most up-to-date information. Like, I would just try to go and give as much information and, uh, you know, as much logical reasons for them to buy the product. You know, I would, I would just, you know, teach them as much as possible. Um, and I remember, you know, the night would slide by 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And I would often leave the basement after pre-recording or doing a live webinar every single night. And the birds would be chirping. I would go on the porch, get a coffee and go to bed. Um, and I would go to bed 8 in the morning. And, uh, you know, every time I woke up, woke up, I thought I'd be a millionaire. I'd run ads to the webinar or whatever. I thought I'd be a millionaire. I'd check my phone. And, it, you know, you have a ClickFunnels account. If you don't know what ClickFunnels is, it's just like uh, it's a sales funnel builder. But you, it's like PayPal. Uh, it's not like PayPal. It's... Well, you can check how much money you've made 
right there in the in the dashboard of the software. And on the dashboard, every morning I wake up, it'd be a big fat zero. And that entire summer, I would just do webinar night after night after night after night, just trying to strike it rich so I never have to go back to work. I would do the sales presentation and pitch them on my product at the end after telling them all the logical reasons that they should buy my product. All I would teach them everything and, and just try to blow their mind with pure value. And night after night after night, night after night, it would fail. And then the next night, I would have to go to work and be miserable all over again. And it sucked. It was a, it was a, it was a it was a crazy cycle. And so, um, you know, it, a few weeks passed by that way. But after a while, you know, with all things, when you keep beating your head up at the wall, you kind of start to look around like, okay, is is it me? Am I doing it wrong, or what's happening? And so. Uh, after a few nights of beating my head against the wall and nothing working and waking up to that zero, I got frustrated. I started ripping through all of Russell Brunson's material, going through all his podcasts, going through his expert seekers books, just trying to find one reason that my webinar wasn't working. Why well, wasn't it selling? Like Russell Brunson get on a webinar and he, you know, or he do an actual seminar in person, like which is a, a webinar again is a is a seminar done on the web where he'd be on stage talking to actual people, like at Grant Cardone's uh, Growth Con event, and he sold, uh, I believe it was three million dollars in under 90 minutes you know the most anyone had ever sold from stage in that period of time uh he would just do his webinar script to these people and i'm like why isn't it working like that for me um because i got this webinar it's the perfect presentation um one of the things i came across he says okay the webinar script in the book is perfect okay um don't tweak it. It's a per- it's literally the perfect webinar is what he called it. Don't tweak this presentation. And so I did the presentation like just how the book, you know, asked me to. And I'm following the presentation. I'm following each step of the presentation and it doesn't work again. So I go back to his pockets. I'm ripping through all his material. I'm extremely frustrated with this. Um, and I finally remember one day I came across the pockets result where he revealed all to me. It was a simple phrase, actually, and I, that I was screwing up time and time again. And it, it was actually in a video. I think he titled it, the, re- the number one reason that people's webinars don't work. And I remember he's been going through this episode uh, describing his reason. And he, you know, he, he, you know, by the end of this episode, because he lays this episode similar to how I do stories and things like that, he came to a simple phrase. He said, man, the number one reason that your webinars don't work and that you're not selling anybody on your stuff is because you're relying too much on logic. You're relying too much on teaching. Teaching and logic kills webinars. It's teaching and logic that kills webinars. No one cares about your product or how good it is or how much logical benefits they have, you know, that that you have for, you know, within this product. No one cares about that. Okay. Because the reason they aren't buying and no one cares about that is because no one is sold through logic. People aren't sold through logic. They're sold through emotion. You know, that's what he said. You know, to me, you know, I, I had previously read psychological books like Influenced by Robert Cialdini, but this was something that was obvious to me. And for some reason, I don't know, I just got in the habit of doing it the wrong way. But I felt like stupid when I heard that, like, okay, well, yeah, I'm being a little bit too logic, logical on this webinar. And he says the, the way that webinars work and the way that you, you know, it's designed and why it's called the perfect webinar is because you tell a series of stories in the series of stories elicit the emotions that drive people to buy and that's you know that kind of like you know obviously how it always does is set off a light bulb in my head like okay well go back to the drawing board and stop trying to wow people with what you know or what you can teach them or just go to you know the stories because it's the stories you have to tell a story in a way where it demonstrates to them as they imagine themselves as the, you know the character in the story how their status can increase. You know, that's how sales really work. P- 
period. You know, uh, the way he does his webinars, he gets on a story and he tells, you know, gets on a stage and he tells his story of the product uh, that he's selling people and how the product actually made him money or how the product, you know, uh, got him the result that they want. And by telling the story of how the product got him the result that they want, he demonstrates like they put themselves in his shoes automatically and they can see themselves using the product and requiring and go acquiring the status and the boost in life that they want and that emotion drives people to sale like that's how sales work now that you don't really have to memorize any of that that's a little, that's a little too technical maybe for the third episode but um that's in a nutshell how it works so i remember retaining some of that information and just going back to the drawing board with the webinar i tried webinars over and over and over and over again but i had a lot of problems with it beyond even just you know the stories that i was telling i had very big problems getting people to actually attend and view my webinars and so the whole webinar thing never works for me okay and so you go further down the line though and this is where it kind of you know starts to make a little more sense um so i got on the phone with this guy john adams and I remember talking to him like about, you know, I, I was I was too nervous and too scared that first phone call to actually pitch him on my services to actually say I'm a freelance writer. One of the things that terrified me the most about the conversation is that I didn't I didn't want to ask this man for four. Figure. I didn't want to ask this man for a thousand dollars. And so in my mind, I kept lowering it like, OK, 700, 400, like just charge him the least as possible because, you know, a thousand dollars is a little steep. And, um, you know, one of the things that bothered me about it was like i'm like you're a good writer but like you're not that good of a writer to require a thousand dollars of somebody and like everything like i felt like i was wrong the wrong fit for this like i like i didn't have the ability to get high paying clients you know because i wasn't the best salesman because i wasn't the, you know I, I felt like i couldn't deliver the service as well as i wanted to and I, like i wasn't deserving in any of it a weird way like um, my portfolio wasn't up to par. I really didn't have a portfolio. I've never actually built a portfolio or anything like that. I didn't have any samples prepared. I just wanted, I just got on the phone like a complete amateur, a complete noob. Um, because this was to be my first four figure sale and, and was going to pitch this dude on something that I didn't even have evidence for. Um, and so long story short, I never actually pitched him on that phone call because I was too nervous, but I just ended up chatting with him about his problem and saying, yeah, we should do something in the future. And but the majority of that phone call was just him talking about his life and his business and how well it was going for him. And we ended up talking about um, me and my services, you know, also. And he said, man, you know, I know, you know, sales calls like this can be a little nerve wracking sometimes, but it's like everything else in life. You know, it goes away with practice and you just got to have the guts to pull the trigger. I think that came up because I was asking him how he feels talking to billionaires and asking for twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars over the phone to be wired to him. And he says, Yeah, I was a little nervous at first, but with time it just it just kinda makes sense. And so they had this story in marketing. It's like the four minute mile. You know, Alfred Bannister in whatever year, um, he was a he was a track runner and um no one in the world thought a human being could run a mile in under four minutes. And he was the first person that ran a mile in under four minutes. And the moment he did it, nowadays, high school runners like kids are breaking the fourth minute mile every day. And so basically for him to say he was getting the, this magnitude of sales by just asking, he started out like me. Um, and that's another example of story, you know, makes you see that you can do it for yourself. And it elicits the emotion necessary for a sale and a change to happen in your life. It really gave me the epiphany that, okay, maybe that I can do something, something like this too. And so that was a Tuesday, I believe. And I hung up the phone and 
we were going to we were scheduled to another call on Friday and I was determined like okay if he's doing it I can do it I want to pitch him for a thousand dollars no matter if I don't have a portfolio writing ability anything like that I'm going to pitch him I'm just going to see what happens I'm going to take a leap of faith that Friday comes around and he actually was at boxing practice and he didn't pick up the phone but he texted me on Instagram and we tried to set up uh, a few more phone calls after that but it eventually fizzled out but later that same month probably a f- like a week or two later um, the next call came up and it was with the lady in Colorado and I remember just getting on the phone and in the, you know, the fashion that I've known how to, uh, a lot of things in my mind was, was, was trying to go to a logical place, trying to go to a place where I can teach and show the real value and things like that. But I realized that value wasn't in, you know, and this is not, you know, I didn't, I don't know anything about sales, but you know, it's just, I don't know, like it, it was just kind of instinctual. I guess, uh, and it is kind of obvious. It's kind of one dimensional once you really learn how to do this. Once you really learn the essence of sales or, or selling in the first place, you don't need to be a professional to do it. Like this was my first or third, fourth sale call or whatever. And so I get on the phone with this lady, and I'm like, wanting to go to logical places. I want to tell her about, yeah, I'm a good writer and brag about writing, but you know, I notice because you know, I just know because people don't care about logical and teaching. She doesn't care about writing. She doesn't care about writing. Well, she, do, she doesn't care about that. She has a story to tell and she just wants the story to be out of her head. It's not about periods and punctuations and spelling and, and, and literary devices or any of that. It's just about getting this story on paper. Okay. And even she doesn't even care about getting the story on paper. She just cares about what the story can do for her. Okay. And so she wants to know that this story can make her business bigger or blow it up. That's really what she cares about. And so that she can spend more time with her son. It's really all about emotion. No one cares about how well you write or your portfolio or any like that. And so if you, you know, uh, tell stories appropriately and you get to the sale appropriately, these questions never even come up. Your skill and what you can do for people in terms of literal writing, it doesn't really matter to people. Look at Grant Cardone's book, Seller Be Sold, 10X, whatever, the 10X rule. All these books have bad spelling in them. And Grant Cardone immediately says he doesn't care. You know why? Because it's about the story in the book. They just want the story on paper. That's the service that they're paying for. They're not paying for proper spelling or you know, apostrophes and parentheses or nothing like that. You know, your ability literally doesn't matter. You just have to convince people that, you know, whatever internal uh, thing that they associate with greater status, this book can get it for them. And so I remember going through that sales call and you know, it, there's a strategy called the four question close actually. And I just read it in Russell Brunson's book, like probably like the day before the call or whatever. And, um, I really didn't even remember the four questions. I remember two of the two of the questions. And so I opened up the phone call, how, you know, the best way I can remember, I said, okay, so why are you in this phone call? Um, and she's like, you know, I'm on this phone call to write a book, obviously, but I'm like, what would a book do for you? So I'm getting to, I'm getting to the bottom of what increases her status for her. Now, this is all technical stuff. Like I said, none of this matters. I'm going to wrap this up for you real nice, put a nice bow on it. But none of that stuff matters. Remember that. So she she, she tells me, okay, she wants to write a book because it'll help her business grow. And I'm like, okay, so why is it important that your business grow? What does that mean? For, what would that do for you on a personal level? Okay, so we're getting closer to what people think is a status increase for them. What is emotion for them? And she says, okay, uh, I have a son. His name is Trey, I believe his name was. And, you know, I can't go to these basketball games all the time. And I don't have time for myself and my family. And that's really what I want. I want autonomy from this. I want enough to hire and build systems and things like that. Um, which she was working at Six Figure Business. It was you know, it's a beautiful business. And she did a lot for her kids and all types of things. Amazing person. Um, 
and I was like, uh, well, okay, you know, so you think a book would be able to do this for you? And she's like, yeah, I guess so. And I was like, okay, so if a book would do this for you, you know, I guess I, I don't I remember what I said. Like, so do you want, I, just, I basically really just said, do you want to go forward with this? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so um, my first package would be a thousand dollars. And she just kind of said, yes, like <laughs> to be like, really, it was, it was a bright morning uh, in, in, in November. Um, I had to be quiet because my girlfriend, her grandmother didn't actually know I was living at her house at the time. So we would sneak around and things like that. So I had to be quiet. My girlfriend was sitting next to me on the phone. I was like, okay, so that'd be a thousand dollars. And she was like, uh, I was like, uh, do you want to move forward with that? And she was like, okay. And I was like, okay, here's a, a little link. I had like a link and a landing page to where she can actually enter her credit card information. And she was like, oh, okay, I'll do it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, um, when should we set up our next call to actually get started on this product? She gave me the next time for the call and I hung up the phone and me and my girlfriend just like erupted in celebration. It was one of the best feelings of my life. Like, cause remind you, that was the feeling that I first, like I first thought like, okay, we're going to have enough money to move to California and live you know, and, and do, you know, you, you can go to school and be able to survive and things like that. And so, um, I don't know, it was an, it was an absolutely amazing moment, but, uh, that moment kind of just solidified the principle in my head that literally the product, what you bring to people, your writing ability, your po- in, in this case, the product and the service is our writing ability, how well we write. A lot of people feel like, okay, I can't get high paying clients cause I'm not a good writer. I'm from, or I'm from another country or, or, um, whatever it might be. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I can't do this cause I'm not a good salesperson. I'm not a good marketer, but you have to realize that it, it's not really about any of that. You know, this person thinks this, as long as this person has a story in their mind, a narrative running that convinces them that this will move forward their status, you know, they're going to justify it to themselves in their own logical way. You know, if you provide logic, that's, That'll mess up their own process of rationalizing the sale that they have to make. You know, as long as you, as long as there's a narrative, you, you're, you're a narrative running in their head. As long as they have the appropriate story, as long as they like you and things like that, like you really never have to worry. Cause I, like I said, I had no skill, no experience, no samples, no portfolio, nothing like that. Um, you don't really have to worry about anything. You know, you don't have to have a be experienced writer with years of experience and written books and no one will ever ask that. No one. I've never had anyone ask that because they're just, you know, the, the part that matters is that you have to have, you know, be able to market to them in a way that engages them in a story, engages them in a story where at the end of the story, they have a status increase from this product. They don't care about really the specifics of the product at all. You could probably hand a book to back, back to with severe typos and they wouldn't care because it's their story on a page and they're proud of that. Um, everything is about story. It's, it's, it's not about the logic behind the situation. And I always say this to kind of submit the idea. Think about your, you know, three different people. There's a stranger, there's your friend, and there's your mother. Okay. And so each of them asked you for a hundred dollars. Okay. Who would you say no to and who would you say yes to? You know, think about that. For most people, they would say no to the stranger, maybe to a friend, and yes to their mother. And the reason for that is this. What they're asking of you, like that's like your product. What they're asking of you is your product. The transaction. You know, they're asking you for a transaction. Same way you ask your client or somebody that you're selling to for a transaction. Okay, and the transaction, the logical piece of this equation is the same 
for each person for for you know they're all asking for the same thing the product and what they're asking you the service is the same so why is it that you say no to someone and yes to your mother no to a stranger and yes to your mother the reason behind that is because there's emotion you have a long narrative running in your mind of what your mother might mean to you and a long narrative like really no narrative because you don't know you know towards a stranger because you don't know the stranger it's all based on emotion if you can spike someone's emotion then you know you can facilitate transactions with that person okay you you giving your mother a hundred dollars is you know no different from you giving a stranger a hundred dollars in all actuality the only difference is your emotional uh your emotional uh the emotions you feel towards that person in that situation and it's the same for you with a client you didn't ask the reasons the logic you know it doesn't matter what logic and reasons your mother says oh i need to fix a hole in the roof i need to fix a hole in the sky i need to fix a hole in my it doesn't matter if you have the money it doesn't matter right you'll give it to the money you give it to her not because the rationale she gives you because the emotion that's your mother of course you give her a hundred dollars you know and so the stranger might think it's the rationale that matters no uh like i got you know you know if your mother and the stranger use the same rationale well, i have to fix the tire you'll say no to the stranger and yes to your mother because it's not the rationale it's not the logic it's the relationship you have with that person and not just the relationship the relationship is just the bridge that facilitates the emotion it's just the emotion and so the trick is to tell story and drive narrative in a way where you know you become to the customer like a friend or like a parent you dr- you know or or you drive a situation that 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 has appropriate amount of emotion you know um yeah, like it, it all really comes down to the emotion, not the rationale you give them. It doesn't matter, you know, you you telling a client, oh, I'm a good writer and these are the things I've written. It's like a stranger asking for $100 and saying, yeah, my car and this and this and this and this and this. The reasons don't matter. The only thing that matters is the emotion behind, you know, the story. Um, yeah. And so that's really what it's all about and so a lot of people might feel like they're held back as a freelance writer and they can't break through because they they're not a good writer or 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 whatever it might be but you know what it all comes down to at the end of the day like i said is is we're we're people that are sold based on emotion not logic and until you know how to influence you know someone's emotion you know your skill how long you've been writing how well you write none of that really matters none of that really ever matters you know, people have come to me and paid me two thousand, one thousand five hundred, you know, two thousand again, uh, and I've never showed them a sample or anything like that. They just work with me because, you know, the emotion around the situation. Um, so yeah, that's really all I have to say in this podcast episode. I'm going to go to the next episode. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little tired. Um, I'll see you all in the next episode. I don't really know right now what we're going to talk about in this episode, but I want you all to subscribe to this podcast and keep your head up because sometime, I think early next month, I'm going to unveil something, um, maybe a training or something, I don't really know yet, that's going to really show you step-by-step how you can get four or five-figure clients freelance writing, have them come to you, you never have to pitch again. I'm going to unveil something like that next month, uh, probably early next month, so really I want you to follow this podcast and look out for it. Also, like I said, on episode seven, on episode seven, I repeat, on episode seven, that'll be the episode where I'll allow, I'll put the free calendar link in my bio, or even maybe even earlier than that. I don't know. 
And when I put the Calendly link in my bio, you'll be able to book a free phone call with me. I don't have a product to pitch you, so I'm not going to pitch you on the phone call. I'm just going to get on a 15-minute phone call with you and tell you step-by-step, if I was in your situation, how I would get clients and how how I've helped other people get clients. You know? It, 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 like I said, it's not about the logic. It's not about being good writers. You know, to be honest, I've worked with a lot of people and coached people that because English isn't their first language, you know, their writing could use work in some situations. And they've gotten clients and they've gotten big sales and they've done just fine. You know, um, I've had a lot of people who weren't even, who weren't even, you know, who who, who might not have been the best writers. Work, you know, they've they've written for me. And I've given it to a client and we've still gotten paid for it. So, you know, you don't really have to worry about skill and, and, and your own personal ability. You just have to really learn the rules of marketing. Marketing and using the methods I taught you earlier is how you build a relationship to a client to where it's like your mother and they'll give you $100 or $1,000 or $10,000 for, any, for anything. You don't really have to have a reason. Okay. You don't have to know how to sell. You don't have to know how to be a good marketer. None of that. Okay. So, um... But like I said, you know, I'm going to get on a 15-minute phone call and tell you step-by-step step how I would do it. And I've already gotten people, clients, with these phone calls. So look out for that. It'll be in the description of one of my episodes, uh, either on the seventh episode, guaranteed, or sometime before that. But if you want to get on this 15-minute phone call with me and learn how it is that you get clients as a freelance writer, I want to make sure that you're dedicated and that you're going to be following this podcast and you're really going to learn how to be a good freelance writer and how to make money as a freelance writer. And so... In order to show me that you're dedicated, I want you to subscribe to this podcast and I want you to rate and review, okay? And that, that also helps me tremendously. You know, I want to be completely transparent with you. That helps the podcast. It helps to get this message out to uh, many more people. But it also shows me that you're committed, that you're going to be following this podcast and be engaged in this community. So uh, I look forward to talking to you all. I'll see you in the next episode. This is Dallas and this is the Freelance Writing Podcast. Peace out. Wait, wait, wait. I actually forgot to mention in this episode why <laughs> you know i you know i got people on the phone in the first place okay um and that's one of the biggest parts of this episode like getting people on the phone is one of the fastest ways in order to grow an actual bond right in order like if you want to go from the status of a stranger to a friend to like a mother someone that they'll give a hundred dollars for for nothing one of the easiest ways to do that is to get on the phone with them, okay? Instead of like, that's why when you pitch people through the DMs and things like that, they don't answer, they don't reply, they don't want to hear from you. And the reason for that is because you're pitching through DMs. Um, it's something called changing the selling environment. But I'm going to talk about that in the next episode. I'm actually going to talk about that in the next episode because I have a lot to say on that. That is a that is extreme hack. Um, it is all about emotion, and one of the ways you trigger emotions is getting on the phone with somebody, okay? So we're going to talk about it in the next episode. I'll be right with you because I'm going to make the next episode right now. Go on, click on episode number four, and listen. It's important.